You have you had enough of playing games with other people's lives? I am no longer your pawn. Well, you undersell yourself, Jean-Luc. You are more than just a piece. Why, you're the very board upon which this game is played. And I am too old for your bullshit. Old, yes. How unfair time is. So many wrinkles. So many disappointments. What do you want, Q? Will you come to the point? You want me to cut to the chase? Yes! For the chase is cut, Picard. The chase is bleeding. The chase is dying in your arms. And I am but a suture in the wound. And welcome to Strange New Takes. I'm your host Notch Karnick, and with me, trying to figure out if we're all from the same timeline, are Emily Bowen Marlar and Rudy Kusbaker. Welcome to Strange New Takes. Uh, today, we're going to be covering the second episode of the second season of Star Trek Picard. I like the re repetition of two. It's like that date in February, right? Two, two, twenty-two, right? <laughs> or two, twenty-two, twenty-two? Yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> You can follow us on social media at Strange New Takes on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, please tell your friends to listen to the podcast. Another thing you can do to help us get to new listeners is to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or other podcast providers you may use. And just to let you know, this episode is going to be full of spoilers for the episode of Penance from Star Trek Picard. But, you know, we might also spoil other episodes of Star Trek, like Yesterday's Enterprise or Through a Mirror Darkly or, you know, some others that just may come up in references because Star Trek is nothing if it's not referencing itself. So, How very episode 90 of you, Emily. <laughs> Did you like my John Delancey impression right there? Um, <laughs> all right. Well, as Emily and Rudy just said, we're going to be discussing the second episode of the second season of Star Trek Picard, Penance. It first aired on 10th March, 2022. The teleplay is by Kiva Goldsman, Terry Matalas, and Christopher Monfett. The story is by Michael Shabon, Akiva Goldsman, Terry Matalas, and Christopher Monfett. It's directed by Douglas Arnie. Koski, I'm going to learn to say that again. I, I used to be able to say it, then he didn't do a bunch of stuff for a little while. Now I've got to learn to say it again. Doug Arinokoski. There we go. All right. Well, here's the episode summary from Memory Alpha. Um, Picard finds himself transported to an alternate timeline in the year 2400, where his longtime nemesis Q has orchestrated one final trial. Picard searches for his trusted crew as he attempts to find the cause of this dystopian future. We always start with our strange new take. So which of you has a strange new take for me? You know, I have noticed. So we had some really gorgeous weather last week. I think we even talked about that on the podcast in some ways. It's so much colder when it goes back to being cold again. Like even though we've had temperatures colder than this. But I am really, really cold this week because it was so warm the week before. It's interesting how quickly our bodies get mm -hmm. used to something mm -hmm. and then get shocked when it changes. I should be used to that by now. We have like a million seasons in a day. I mean, we can have like four seasons in one day in Missouri. So anyway, my strange new take for the episode. Hmm. 
Well, I spent the whole episode trying to figure out where I knew the magistrate from. And I really <laughs> couldn't settle on it, except I did discover that he is Issa Briones' father. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know that I had actually seen the, the things that he was in. He just looked so familiar to me. I'm like, how do I know him? Are you just racist against Filipino people? Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just... Keep keep moving on. Yeah, there you go. Let, let, let me pick it up from here. <laughs> I was um, I was going to say it's an interesting uh, call out there. Uh, By the way, I think it's because he was the engineer in Miss Saigon is actually how I may have known him. I may have seen correct. clips of him. That is, that is so because that was I forgot that is the one thing that I saw. I was like, oh yeah. I so I think I must have seen clips of him in that. Uh, you know, rendition of Miss Saigon, because that's one of the musicals he I was, grew up listening to. Uh, also, uh, he was in the original 1989 London production of Miss Saigon as well. Okay. Oh. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's actually where I saw him from. But, yeah, sorry, Rudy. I just had to redeem myself there since <laughs> Notch, like, sullied my name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought he had to redeem himself, but okay, I guess. <laughs> um, what I was going to say is... Um, you brought up an interesting point about temperature regulation, and I wondered if it has to do with, uh, you know, us being warm-blooded creatures and how your body tells you, like, hey, something drastic's happened, and it kind of forgets what, you know, what, what experiences you've had over, you know, a few weeks back, which where you could have been dealing with much more cold. So I'm going to go uh, read up on that. Um, mm-hmm. in, in relation, though, um, another sign of changing seasons... Um, for me is spring and, and allergies and we have issues with that here in Austin so I'm uh, uh, yeah uh, bunkering down for that and hopefully I don't I don't have a um, uh, a swollen face uh, this spring but I, it doesn't get that bad for me I just sneeze and, and I get get a lot of itch, itch eye itches and all that but yeah it's a bittersweet thing spring for me um, this episode, uh, I, I, there's so much going on, um, that it took time for me to process. You know what? Let me just say this. It was mm-hmm. very interesting to see, um, that, that insurgent lady. I don't know if y'all remember her, the one who got shot in, in the arms of the, um, if that, that Romulan, um, guy, um, she was killed pretty badly. So she was shot in the back, um, and that shot, like, propelled her, I think, onto an electric fence. And then, she, like, there were sparks, and then she died. Like, that was a pretty gruesome death. Did y'all notice that? I did not like, notice that. They, they didn't need to do that. <laughs> like, well, the- they like their violence on Star Trek Picard. Let me tell you, like, yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> Yeah. Even the even the ready room episode, like I thought, oh, teacher can watch the ready room episode with me. Uh, no, <laughs> they totally oh, no. showed the scene with Elnor uh, <laughs> fighting the guards, and they showed when Q smacked Picard across the face, and Dietrich's like, I don't like this, I don't like this, and ran out of the room. <laughs> oh, like, no. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Oh my god! Well, um. My strange new take for life is that snow doesn't melt nearly as quickly. 
<laughs> I I really always forget just how long it takes like a giant pile of snow to melt. And and Minnesota had very little snow until two weeks ago, and then we got like two very large snowfalls and deposited like I think a combined of like foot and a half at least, if not two. And so it's just we've had this warm streak, but all the snow's still there. And then every so often it'll get puddly and kind of dirty, just enough to make things annoying and like ruin the effects of me washing my car. So it's, uh, it's a little frustrating, let me tell you. But for this episode, all I'm going to say is, man, Picard did it again. Like, I'm actually hopeful that this season ends really well now. Um, and, and it's the hope that gets you, isn't it? It's really always the hope <laughs> that gets you. So here we go. Just right. to clarify, you mean yeah. the gentleman or the show? Picard did it again. Uh well, we, there's two Picards, the gentleman now in this TV show. So yes, uh, no, I meant <laughs> and the, the show. show. I meant the show. <laughs> I meant the show. But why don't we start there? Because that's where the show starts. Is Q showing Picard his new existence? What did y'all think about that whole sequence in the vineyard? As Picard, it dawns on Picard who he is in this timeline. I think. I think he was. Well, is, is, is this when he says he uses the word, has he used that severe language before? Has he used the word bullshit before, like something to that level before? Like, cause I thought Picard was the standard of, of excellence and formality and, uh, you know, his, his dress he's uniforms. A, he's a hundred years old and he has zero fucks to give. <laughs> <laughs> for real, for real. I, I think that is where he kind of yeah. is in this, uh, is... Or at least that's the way that I'm retconning the the, the mm-hmm. way that he doesn't have any sort of abusive language in uh, Picard or in TNG. Yeah. But I think in season one he had some of this stuff, and people were, like, <gasps> I can't believe he said that. You know. Yeah. Yeah, he said, "What did he say, Merde one time in one of the oh, episodes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they they just let him because it was in French. They got away from the censors, didn't catch it. <laughs> but I think that I can't remember if that was the first episode, but it was early on in season one of TNG. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought the sequence was well shot and I thought it was filled with cool references. Mm -hmm. And just finally, I thought John Delancey was unbelievably good as Q. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he really was. He really was. We've just missed him for a while, right? Like it is so powerful to see him, um, in this role. Um, in terms of references, Natch, Mm -hmm. did you connect the the record playing to like the plot, like how do you say it? Like nothing is nothing. It was, was that tied to like, um, you know, this is a, this is a, you know, timeline you weren't in before. And yeah, I, I don't know. So I don't know the name of that song, but I'm almost certain it's the same song that plays when bond is on the, um, uh, abandoned Soviet or Chinese island, you know, in Skyfall. Uh, oh. So okay. when he when he has to take the shot, when he's drinking scotch and, and Javier Bardem's character makes him shoot, I'm not going to give more spoilers than that, but it, it is the same song that is playing on the loudspeakers in that island. So I don't know the meaning of it, but you just reminded me where I'd heard it before. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think it's an accident that they picked that song specifically. Uh, so I think your, your hunch is quite correct because everything else in that scene was extremely intentional um 
the right down to the skulls to the disruptors that are present suffice it to say that there's a list of all these references that you can go find on our star trek or a listener where you can find out what each of the skulls was and all of the rifles and disruptors we've seen before in star trek and there's some pretty deep guts in there all i'll say is that the one i didn't notice until it was pointed out to me was that the the ferengi skull has the grand negus's cane uh, under it on the pedestal so is that the first one that they show or yeah uh well, yeah, oh, I thought the first one they showed was Ducat. Well, right, maybe it was the first one they showed the when they walked up, in. But it's yeah, on the extreme yeah. left of the screen. Yeah. And and then I, it, there's been some speculation of whether it's Zek or Rom, and we don't know. <laughs> maybe it was supposed to be Rom, but they're like, we can't, we can't do that. We can't, we can't add that line in there. Because <laughs> I was confused. The way it started, I first thought that that was like a Riemann skull, and I, I, I don't know if Riemanns have been... Um, sort of put in a good light in, in the first season of Picard, I don't remember. And then they showed Ducard's skull, and I was like, okay, cool, like, this guy's assuming Riemanns are kind of not like the good guys. It's like, okay, he's kind of like getting rid of the bad guys, and then like, the ones after that were like... Martok oh, yeah. and... <laughs> <laughs> and there's like a human skull. It looks like, I mean, I didn't, I guess, you know, Vulcan skulls look exactly like human skulls. Oh yeah! Sadix. Oh yes, Sarek. That's right. Sarek yeah, I found there. that. I found that interesting too. Yeah, it's, and it's very. I think they did a good job of using recognizable characters, so the gravity of how different this timeline is really sank in for us. They could have been like, "Oh, and he, uh, mur- you murdered Grand uh, Admiral Selvok," right, you know, whatever. Right. It wouldn't have hit the same way as, "Oh shit, Sarek." In front of Cybok? Like, what? Because, um, of course, in this timeline, Sadak would probably not marry Amanda Grayson because he wouldn't have been ambassador to Earth. Uh, uh, but so, isn't Cybok half-human as well? Is he? I don't know. I but, think so. Yeah, well, maybe it's some unnamed different son um, right. that's in just this timeline. Uh, I think it should be pointed out that I think John Delancey's portrayal made it easier for me to believe Picard saying later there was something off about him because that slap in particular like you got I mean that's the big moment but there mm-hmm. was there were other moments where it seemed like Q isn't messing around like he's previously done he's much more grim and pointed and and the word he used was penance that this is Picard's penance and and uh episode title as well but i i i was i'm still trying to wrap my head around that right and mm-hmm. it he also mentioned that this is um like everything revolves around you picard like you are the chessboard that that all this is happening on and it kind of goes back to the i forget the name but the the series finale right um for tng yeah all good things right so everything Everything revolves around Picard, so it's... Picard did something wrong, or was Q wronged in, in some way? Because he he's completely off-balance, Q, right? He mm-hmm. he never loses his... Um, even when he is defeated or, or, you know, he loses his bets with humanity, he always always had this, um, you know, oh, well, we'll, we'll try again. I'll, I'll trick you all some other time. The only time I think we really saw him wounded was in that in Voyager, right? When there was that whole Q war happening and and, and all that. So uh, he really seemed mentally off balance, which I haven't seen Q before. 
um, in his Q form. So I don't know what do you guys think. Like, what what is the what is the atonement? What is the penance? It wasn't quite connected for me. Oh, I have to just interject in case someone's yelling at their pod or at their iPod or whatever um, that Cyborg is fully Vulcan. I was wrong. <laughs> I was pretty sure about that, but I didn't want to jump in because it's the fact that he's I could, I was thinking he was younger than Spock, not older than Spock. So right. that's why I was like, anyway, okay. Um, what was your question, Rudy? I'm sorry. I, I just slipped my yeah, mind. Yeah, sorry. That was my what, fault. What, what was the penance and atonement for, right? Like for that timeline? But like, how is he blaming this Picard for that timeline? And, and what's really bothering you? It seems like there's a huge plot that that we're not really well and is there the other thing i'm wondering so why so the previous episode basically ends with the destruction of the stargazer Mm -hmm. and then in that moment is when somehow this other you know they're all thrown back to the or thrown across i guess to this other uh universe and then it's something that happened in the 21st century that is the where everything went wrong, you know, like you know, so Donald Trump was elected or something. Yeah, twenty twenty four. Like reelected. Like they picked the, they picked yeah, the I know, I know. It's a little alarming. So I mean, that's what I think it's going to be. I, I don't know if I really think it's going to be that, but you know. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so I um, that's I. Does that mean that there was something about the? It's kind of like in First Contact when mm-hmm. um they destroy the Borg cube. So then the Borg sphere escapes from it and opens up a some sort of temporal whatever and goes back and assimilates Earth in the past. And there's mm-hmm. that moment where Picard can see the assimilated Earth, you know, nine billion Borg. Right. And then um then they just follow the sphere back so that they can go correct whatever happened and i'm so i guess there's a part of me that wonders if it some of it hinges on or or it actually started with that destruction of the stargazer or whatever the borg queen was doing on the stargazer um contributed or was the catalyst for what happened back in the past i don't know it just seems there are just enough parallels especially given the borg um that it makes me think that it might be similar to some of what we saw in first contact Mm. Yeah, I don't I don't have a good hunch to be honest. I think what Emily says could be a compelling way to go. I just I have I was utterly confused by that whole situation. <laughs> so I think I think I'm gonna just gonna let the show kind of go a little bit further before I take a guess. Um You know how it is when you meet an old friend after a long time and then they punch you in the face and you're like, man, what happened? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um and then uh, after that scene, after the scenes in the vineyard, we had the, you know, the 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 age old getting the team back together, uh, you know, the, the 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 like the moment in the beginning of most TV shows where the, where the crew has to come together as a unit, and we find them all in their different places. Like Janeway goes to the penal colony and finds a very horny Tom Paris. Like, um, <laughs> it's well, I think horny Tom Paris might be redundant uh, wording there, but. anyway um so we get that and it's like are are you gazing at the stars have you star gazed in your past how many other like permutations can we can we can we make of that like uh, yoda inversions (laughs) gazing at the stars have you been Um, and so 
So what, what do you all, I mean, it's also incredibly convenient that everybody is like some like very prominent official in the new government, isn't it? Seriously, Seven's the president. And I mean, yeah, that was definitely, uh, definitely. Although I was trying to figure out what it was that Rafi, I guess, I guess she was pretty prominent. She just didn't happen to be at the site of their insurrection. She would have been there because... You know, she's a prominent physician. I thought the most convenient one actually was when um, Rafi is trying to convince the other soldier or whatever that she can come through with Elnor mm -hmm. and on whose authority, you know, and Picard's like, oh, mine. And I'm like, oh, that was very, <laughs> that worked out really well for you right there. <laughs> so. Yeah, that was, I mean, and I mean, this is a point where I should mention that um Patrick Stewart's performances as General Picard was amazing. I loved it. I yeah. mean, he he really has the gravity. I mean, that was King Lear mm -hmm. uh, showing up uh, on Star Trek there for a moment. And I, I liked was... the whole... Oh, sorry. Sorry, Rudy. No, go ahead. It looks like both of you agree on the Picard performance. I have a slightly di different take, so go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I, I also appreciated when someone said... Uh, oh, when Rafi goes, is that you, JL? And he's like, I'm not sure or something like where it's just that you get the feeling that maybe he's feeling a little lost in it, too. You know, just not not quite sure what's real, what's not real. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Anyway, that's what I felt. And I just like I'm just amazed at Patrick Stewart acting in such a primary role at his age. And I just think it's so sweet. And so when he tried to, play, you know, play these like play the bad guy i was so worried for him i was like you know he's this cute doddering old man and um it, it actually there was a, there was an instance um a little bit ahead where um he meets the boar queen um and she says um you are locutus and in my head i'm thinking at the same time it's pure coincidence i'm thinking picard is the cutest and so, I'm th so I, I don't hear it that way. I'm like, is she also saying he is the cutest? Because it's just, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was hilarious just for me, obviously. But um, That's totally the way the board queen talks. She's like, <laughs> you're the cutest. <laughs> and not. <laughs> so um, I just felt it was, it was just very sweet. Um, <laughs> all right. All right. That is a different take. That is a very different take. Um, I liked Annika Hansen coming through because that's always been kind of the you know the the great unknown of Voyager was like what if Seven of Nine wasn't bored like what would she be like and I think Jerry Ryan really gives us again a very compelling performance as Annika Hansen even though it is Seven of Nine as Annika Hansen but mm -hmm. still like it's the complexities of her being fully human but also remembering her bored past were beautifully delivered I think that first scene with Gerardi, um, the president, and Seven, or not Seven, uh, the Borg Queen, you really felt the emotion feeding out of all of the characters in that when the Borg Queen is unveiled. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, the complete unease and the terror and the curiosity, too. And mm -hmm. anyway, yeah, definitely. And, and, and I feel, I agree with you, Naj. I feel that... Unshackling her from the mechanical boundaries of, you know, being somebody who has 
you know, who has been a Borg, was liberating. I mean, when she first found out, she was going through these, like, scientific checks of whether, like, where she is and is it a dream or not. So that was that was done nicely. But yeah, the, the, really the, cool. way, the way she sort of, like, um, you know, did that, introduced herself um, tacitly to Girardi and then to Rios as well, it was... Um, she did it like a human being, right? And it was it was mm-hmm. good to see her in, in that lens as opposed to um, somebody who either is struggling to understand emotions or has bent up um, uh, scarred emotions, which we kind of saw from the first um, first season of Picard. So this was a little different. Yeah, I got to say, speaking of Gerardi, I know you just mentioned Gerardi and she cracked me up when she came up with the whole her whole rambling explanation for what was about to happen. I was like, that's pretty awesome. But I also feel really bad for Gerardi. That moment when the Borg queen says, um, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but you know, I'm alone just like, or something about her being alone in every timeline. Like it doesn't matter what universe she's in. She's always going to feel left out or I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly what the word. Unbelonging or non-belonging. Some, not belonging. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought, Oh man, that's a dagger to the heart, you know? Yeah, ouch. Um I thought the weakest reveal was Elnor's. Um, you know, because I I just I just felt there wasn't enough context given. There wasn't enough time to figure out who he was. It seems like he's some sort of terrorist, uh, you know, blowing up buildings in um some city on Earth mm-hmm. uh as an alien uh resistance member. And then we get Rafi quickly as the like chief of police. Um, I thought Elnor's role in this episode, which by the way answers the question, Elnor is in the series. Last week we thought maybe he was being written out. He is not. Oh no, uh, I think he's. I I don't know. He I think shot he's at the end of this killed. one, right? Sh- because one of the scenes they've been showing in the previews has been Rafi laying over. I think now it's Elnor's body, like screaming. Um. And I okay. feel like that's what's going to happen in the next episode is there's going to, I don't know. We'll see. Cause you do see the way she's looking over at him after he was shot. I mean, like yeah. she is desperate to get over to him, but she can't because you know, they've got phasers pulled on them. And but, he's gasping uh, and all that. Yeah. Stuff, right? Yeah. It looks, it doesn't, it looks kind of grim for Elnor, but carry on. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just think that, that, <laughs> that you may be jumping the gun. He may still okay. be. All right. All right. <laughs> we will find out. We'll find out. You are practicing absolute candor. Um, yes. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Uh, we'll we'll see. I so so I thought, but Rios was all right. I liked I liked how Rios was in the middle of a dogfight. I thought that was pretty cool, and he's back on La Serena, so we don't get the Stargazer for very mm-hmm. long um, in the show. And how much he does not want to shoot the Vulcan ships, and he's like, oh, I, I'm I I can't do that, you know, like he's yeah, really yeah. trying to find a way out of doing that. Yeah, it's it's it was definitely a. Um, a different kind of uh, reveal, I would say, than the others. Well, at this point, let's take a break. We'll come back with uh, more strange new takes. Okay, let's run the alternatives here. Uh, I'm crazy, although I feel like I could come up with a better delusion. I'm dead, although see last supposition and replace me with God. I'm in a crazy mirror universe where it turns out I'm exactly the same, only with slightly more sophisticated pet programming skills. Now announcing Her Excellency, the President of the Confederation of Earth. Seven! Agnes. Oh, now that you don't look hot, what you do, but where are your... You do, of course, remember my husband. Yeah, of course. Is anybody else hot with these collars? It's been a while, Doctor. 
has. Has it? Yes. The last time I saw you, you were gazing at the stars. Yes. Yes, the stargazer. Yes. I mean, I'm a star. I'm a stargazer, Madam President. Which. Way to go, by the way. Welcome back to Strange New Takes. Well, Rudy has dropped off our Zoom call. Uh, don't know, maybe he's recording on his end still <laughs> in some way. But uh, we'll see if he joins back up to, to finish up this episode at some point. But um, Emily, would you, what did you... So, so we talked about kind of getting the team back together. But then the compelling mm -hmm. ele element of this episode, or, or not the compelling, but the, the kind of thread throughout this episode is the the... Um, what is it? Eradication Day. Um, yes. And and that's kind of like it's mentioned a whole bunch. I'll just tee you off by saying I thought a they didn't explain it very well. B it seems like kind of a, a weird concept in general for a species that has a lot of for humanity that hasn't really eradicated uh, stuff. So it seems kind of aspirational. And then the the ceremony itself seemed kind of small in its staging. It was all just very, I mean, I kind of figured out it must be eradication day. Like they were going to celebrate the eradication of the Borg mm, that day okay. is kind of what I was, but I don't know if there was a first, you know, cause I mean, obviously all those species still exist. So yeah, I was kind of with you. Like it, that seems, I don't know exactly what the, what the inspiration for or purpose of, or reality of eradication day is, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, well, I was having this whole, whole thing where I'm watching it, trying to decide if this is mirror universe or if it's a different universe. I'm pretty sure it's not the mirror universe. Um, so, uh, and there have been, which I appreciate. I'm glad they didn't just go straight to mirror universe, but, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I just, um, yeah, I, I don't know if I it's, have that much more to say. Let me try a, Simple explanation. It's a vehicle to get them all together in right. one place. Um, yeah. And also convey the, the at scale, at macroscopic scale, the the grim nature of how, not, not just what's happened historically, but how humanity is, is aligned with this authoritarian view. And I don't, I agree, Natch, the, the ceremony was small. Maybe it was, it was, I don't know, it was a budget thing or they wanted like high security. So um, a limited set of people, but um, it was, a, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if eradication day will come back again. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and and just, just to go zoom out for a second, it was, I mean, it was to try and give us, like you were saying, Rudy, the gravity of the situation. But the other thing that this whole setting is doing is holding a mirror up to us, right? Like this is this is very explicitly Star Trek going in the opposite direction of original Star Trek, which is kind of utopian. It's saying like, if we all overcome our differences and we go in a different direction, this is really saying, what if we go in the same direction we're in right now, which is- This is where we're rapidly going to arrive if we continue down the path, right? yeah. You have, you have the Confederate reference. Let's let's mm -hmm. be honest. That's 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 not a very deep cut right there. Calling it the Confederation and the Confederates. Well, and using words like eradication. That's I mean, when you talk about like, I just think sorry to go back to Donald Trump again. I know none of you know my political um, 
leanings. But, you know, when he would use language like infestation about uh, immigrants coming into the United States, and I mean, it's that kind of dehumanization. Well, I guess in Star Trek, it, they aren't human, but, um, you know, but making, making uh, you know, sentient life somehow less so that you can eradicate it in a cleaner way or in a less problematic way. I mean, it's just, so the language is very reminiscent of. You you know, they had, they had president Hansen at one point coming down the golden escalator to talk about, <laughs> uh, you know, very fine people or something like that. And then they were like, mm-hmm. no, no, two on the nose. Let's just call them Confederates. People will get it. Uh, <laughs> the other, the other reference that I think is important. And we kind of glossed over it when we talked about the Q scenes is that, you know, those shields that we've been seeing in the scenes, they're not like, I thought they were weapon defense shields like in Discovery. They're not. They're eco- ecological shields. So mm-hmm. they're holding back climate change. And they seem to be kind of keeping the sky clear in areas where humanity lives, whereas where the shields don't exist, there's like this smog and kind of something else. So so I think I think the line that Q uses was to keep, it keeps the planet on life support. Yeah. Um, so it's it's basically saying you know what if we don't come back from climate change and and figure our shit out in that sense. So I think I think it is very clearly doing the whole thing like TOS did, where it's like oh these are the Soviets and this is the Chinese and this is America and like it's kind of doing the same thing and and kind of bringing up in a more explicit way our own future as it maybe perhaps they conceive it going right now. Um, mm-hmm. and Emily is looking like it is a little, this is not why she comes to Star Trek. It's not, but I mean, like my hope is just that, you know, they go back, fix it. Right. And then it's back to the vision that we, that we have for it or, you know, but I'm, I, I really am curious to see, um, what is the point in time where things diverged you know and went in this different path i'm interested to see what that is and how they correct it or how they you know it's gonna be because it's just Mm -hmm. so on the nose Mm -hmm. i mean for them to come back to 2024 is really so on the nose so it'll just be interesting to see to see how they do that um well i didn't mention this when you first called out a potential i think you were calling out a causality loop in a way emily where the rift is related to the fact that picard altered things um i have a radical theory <clears throat> in which um so just before the explosion i think picard in, in the first episode hears what i presume is the Borg queen with that face shield saying look up <clears throat> and who knows they go through and change stuff which kind of necessitates um the you know the loop closure to happen by that same now aware Borg queen coming in through the rift and and triggering triggering the explosion, right? Like it's the same queen, but they don't show the face because because you know that's the causality route. But that's like way ahead. Like that's the whole season. Maybe I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, are they the same queen, right? Uh, and and because because she maybe spends personal time with Picard, she knows the look up thing, I guess. I don't know. Mm, that's, mm-hmm. that's one way to look at it. Yeah. 
There's, I mean, there's just a lot with the Borg Queen in terms of what's coming next that we don't know. It seems like a very bad idea to hook up the Borg Queen to the entire ship's systems. Like, that seems like an incredibly terrible decision. But, but, but think about it. This is a Borg Queen that has, this is not a, this is the one that has lived the uh, eradication universe, right? right. Uh, she has gone through the understanding and realization of what it feels to be eradicated and all of that. So maybe she turns out to be different. Um, it's almost, for me, it's almost like a Gwen person in Prodigy, right? Like maybe that's her role in the crew. Uh, who knows? Maybe she turns out to be the primary antagonist. Um, um, one one interesting call out though. So they said that she can sense um, uh, timelines or, you know, n- nearby universes or nearby timelines and she feels that there's a glitch Mm -hmm. if she could really do that when she came across oh she already knew about uh the two janeways right like it's not like she she didn't know that so i was like maybe she could have like defended herself a little bit better in in the series finale voyager that's something that just stuck out to me Um, (laughs) we'll do our finale series once and then you can talk about that one in more detail um (laughs) Well, we are we're rapidly approaching the point where we need to end the episode. So I want to move us along. I think there's more discussion that we can have on this topic. But um, the magistrate, who doesn't get a name played by John John Briones, as Emily said, Isa Briones' dad, which it seems like Soji isn't in this in this whole thing, this series. So yeah. um, uh, kind of nice to see her dad in there for at least an episode or two. Um, what did y'all think about his presence? Like, I was... He seemed always to kind of be in the background being like, I am suspicious about this. Mm-hmm. I think he was very nice, right? Like there were so many signs of massive confusion and, and weirdness. And if this, if this authoritarian regime is where it is in terms of almost controlling the entire galaxy or like multiple quadrants, um, if your primary leaders are acting kind of weird, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even in the mirror universe, you always have people waiting to take over, right? Like it's it's a very uh, climb over somebody else kind of mentality. So when he was continuously confused, I was like, "Oh man, you're being so nice to these people." <laughs> he did. He didn't mention at one point, um, "Anika, you're behaving so strangely." Um, I would. I almost half thought we should uh, give you what is that? Uh, a telepathy incursion or something? Some mm-hmm. kind of telepathic check. Right. Um, but that's that's the extent he went to. He believed every single explanation before and after that until Picard was not, not killing the Borg Queen. I mean, that makes sense, right? You've lived your entire life one way. Like, it's going to take a lot to, like, shake you out of, like, there's... I mean, especially when you've probably... I mean, he probably... He looks like Annika Hansen has really been kind of the one in charge of everything there. Like, he's... Which played beautifully by Jerry Ryan as, like... Mm-hmm. It, it makes perfect sense in Seven's character that she could embody someone who like gives orders and is really tough, right? Like it's it's not a leap. Um, so I guess j- the magistrate. It makes sense that he would be like, mm, yeah, she guess she's just changed her mind. I guess that's okay. Like, or you know, it, it's it's. I believe that he could be going along with it until the end. Mm-hmm. I I liked the line that she made about. Um... Oh, I can't remember, but she basically alluded to, don't you want me to be angry with someone because you'll get to enjoy that later <laughs> in bed kind of illusion. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what it was she said, but... Something to do in 20 minutes? Or was that the one? Huh? The, the, like, 
20 minutes with uh, with Eleanor and yeah, Rafi, yeah, something like that, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Did, didn't you enjoy the uh, also the moment when Rafi was like, looks like she got over her commitment issues? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There were a lot of so, so, yeah. Go ahead. Well, because Seven wasn't assimilated by the Borg, so she didn't have to overcome those issues. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> I think you're going to see the same thing. I was not. I liked the the successful attempts at injected bits and pieces of uh, witty humor. That was that was nice. Yeah, I mean, there were just good lines throughout this this show. I mean, you had Q going, "How very yesterday's Enterprise of you," and like, mm-hmm, I like. That. Did he also reference uh, on in a mirror darkly? Through a mirror darkly, yeah, yeah except, in a mirror darkly. Yeah, I mean, he referenced the poem that that episode's title comes from, but right, right. There, were, there were just a lot of like little lines and references that were just a lot of fun and and made you want to think about like and overanalyze, I guess. So yeah, um, I like that part about this episode. The, I didn't expect a cliffhanger at the end with Elnor writhing on the ground, writhing on the ground. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to get out of that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see. I'm trying to think who is not, who currently does not have a gun pulled on them. I'm trying to just to remember. Borg if queen. Borg queen. Was, Borg yeah, queen. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know how this, how they're going <laughs> to. How they're gonna neutralize this threat? <laughs> I, I I feel like it's gonna be one of those where it seems like it's really like end of the the like you know the road right now, but then when we get to like the um uh next episode, it's gonna be resolved in like five seconds. The poor queen just shoots yeah. out an uh, like a yeah. thing and assimilates the three of them, and then the, for sure they're all drones for the rest of the season. <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, we'll find out next week when we return to the Picard. But for now, let's stick our necks out and give uh, this episode a rating. Who wants to, to tell me what they what they were going to rate penance? Mm. And this is tough um, because I think this is the second week and then next week is the third week where you get to see two series go side by side. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and there's obviously a sense of comparison and what works and what doesn't. I do feel Picard just gets a boost from so much, you know, legacy star power that we we just sort of get swept away by it. And and if we didn't know these actors, we would be a little more harsh. Um, keeping that in mind, um, I will also go ahead and give it... I'll give it an 8.5. I don't know if the 0.5 is for star power or not, um, but 8.5 eradicated skulls. That sounds terrible, but Mm. yeah. Okay, sure. No problem. Out out, out of 10. Emily seems to be making up her mind, so I'll go in here. I'm going to give this one an 8 out of 10. I did enjoy it. I thought it wasn't quite up to to the, the, you know, incredible star power of the first one but um I, th- I thought it was a very very good episode yeah i thought it was a good episode as well i think i'm gonna give it a four out of five um i i wish it didn't have to be so violent i guess it makes sense that it would be violent given the universe they are now <laughs> in but Picard is just really violent. <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway, so it's eh. i keep i was i after i finished watching it i'm like I wonder, is Strange New Worlds going to be rated mature mm. also? I'm hoping it won't be. I'm kind of, I'm ready for some Star Trek that doesn't need to 
be watched after nine o'clock at night, you know, mm. like anyway, uh, and I don't mean like for kids, but I just mean like, I just, I just don't need my Star Trek to be like edgy and sweary and violent all the time. Well, you know? and it, look, it looks like they're giving their different shows very different feelings. Discovery is yeah. all about emotion and drama. Picard is yeah. more gritty and kind of sweary and action oriented uh lord dex is very much kind of uh, hilarious you know don't take us too seriously whereas prodigy is, is kind of meant to be taken seriously and has more mm-hmm. of a uh a serialized not a serialized um arc based uh mm-hmm. journey where a strange new world we know is going to be more uh is ser- the serialized or episodic it's going to be more episodic, episodic yeah and so I could I could see that being more I mean you know with them calling back to their their teaser trailer drop this week so we mm-hmm. heard a lot of TOS references the visuals seem very TOS like yeah you could see it very much being that more kind of optimistic like um, less violent kind of mm-hmm. final frontier based show mm-hmm. so I'm hoping. I'm hopeful. Yeah. So we'll all find out together. For now, thank you, Emily. Thank you, Rudy, for talking about Star Trek twice with me today. All the listeners still have to listen to the episode we (laughs) we recorded first. Um, Thanks, Notch. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Thanks, Notch. Double the fun. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Max. Thank you, Dinah. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, uh, Adam, for being part of the show, usually. Thank you to our listeners for making us part of your listening each week. Thank you, Jishnu Guha, for recording our theme music. And special thanks this week to all the characters who were named but didn't get to appear. Takat, Martok, the Grand Nagus, like, you know, so many other people who could have been paid to be appearing on this episode, but they weren't. So we'll thank them and maybe that'll be enough. All right. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.